Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful Central Coast of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Ah, oh, damn! I don't have my liquid death on me. Let me grab you. Please. Thank you. Thank you, honey. There's only one. I said a liquid death. Nah. Just the one. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'm sitting here with the liquid death. I'll crack up the cold one, but not really, because it's about the about to come up. Yep. How's it going, everyone? We'll get back to another episode of the Triple D Radio Show with your boys, your hosts, James and Edward. Edward, what's good? Tell us what's on the show today. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm Edward. Well, uh, it is sort of kind of the birthday show in the sense of uh, I had a birthday gift for us uh, for the podcast that I wanted to play for on the uh, on today's show, because today we have the uh, your main event is the finale of Tough Enough season five. Yeah. Tough Enough is season five. We have a hot or not at some point, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I was a little lazy. Not lazy. I just straight up, like, totally, like, flew past my head to hit up good friend Boner Steel with a, with a hot or not, and he hasn't yeah. gotten back to me yet. So, we could do the thing where we can give him a call on the air and see if he comes up with something or not. We yeah. Have, we can have another chaotic hot or not, or we can go retro. We can go retro again. It really depends. But that's not till later in the show, and there's timestamps in the description if you ever want to jump to any part of the show. Also, yeah. what's on the classic album rev- review this week? The second Skid Row record, Slave to the Grind. Spoiler alert, sucked more than the first. Oh, I'm glad we agree on that. It's going to be a fun review when we get there. Damn right. So, <laughs> so uh, should we crack open the gifts? Unless, or yes. do you got some stuff you want to start off with the show? What's been going on? Uh, I feel like I, I feel like I had stuff I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember any of it. All right. So, what about you? <laughs> oh, for the most part, I'm trying to think. Well, I told you come to the prior to this show. I have a show that I have to play later in the week. But my bass player, he lives with his girlfriend who got COVID. So me and my other bandmate have been fucking scrambling to figure out what the fuck we're going to do. And we're coming up with options. And I got to pick up the vocal parts for my bass player since I think I should be able to do that. And I was like sitting there at work going, do I straight memorize it? I'm like, I'm playing with drum kit. I can have a piece of fucking karaoke paper on the floor and I can just work with that. I'm sure I can learn as I go, but let's have a safe let's have a safe haven. My band just dropped its uh, new hot EP straight up coming in hot with the fire, straight in your face fucking noisy like fucking nasty sounding ass DB. You're hitting every uh, you're hitting every word in the di- in the in the in the uh, diss rock dictionary. Damn right. Like and here's the it is like it came out way more nasty than I was like, <laughs> like the good way or bad way. That is up to the listeners to figure <laughs> out. Is it stuff. aesthetically pleasing or is it aesthetically fuck this? Here's the thing: I had like a bandmate of mine and like another band just going. What did he say? He made me blush earlier. <laughs> well, I was off. I was off getting an oil change for the work vehicle, which uh, while the oil change was going on. Well, it wasn't just an oil change. I also got a brake fluid change. I got the mm-hmm. tires rotated, and I didn't have to pay for it because it was a company vehicle. So you know what I did? I just just chilled there and watched the new South Park special. 
Oh, um, uh, the streaming wars part two. That's right. I, I've only seen a clip from that, and it was them roasting. Uh, I think Matt Damon has like a crypto commercial, something like that. They're making fun of that. Yeah, they, they had references of that, but we'll see. What did my good man Swiss say? He's like, "Yo, James, you outdid yourself on that new disc, hey dog. That shit smacks so hard. The production is giant, giant." Yeah, I was like, maybe blush. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. That's I, re- I really tried. <laughs> that was a good week long process yeah. getting that mix. But as I, uh, the room in here is still kind of set up for the recording. Not really. Well, I mean, stuff's in the place you left it. Uh, one, <clears throat> and then the whole like recording rig over here, which that I- is like half of it. Oh no, Ish. it was worse. Oh, it was worse. Okay. And then yeah, there's a mic over there that still needs to be put away, but it's like out of the way, so it doesn't really matter for the most part. But um, all right, do you got anything you want to say? Nah, not really. All right, tell me on this on this grandest occasion, an actual birthday special. Yeah. All right. What'd you what'd you get for the show? Well, I could. What'd tell you get you, for this baby? We've spent two years working on. Well, I could say ninety-five or, episodes, ninety-six technically in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, just a random offshoot of just doing a random wrestling review that we just kind of just put together, yeah. and then a bad uh, episode where I try to get a good friend uh, Bone Steel and good friend Dylan to do dirty talk, but they only did it for like fifteen minutes, and I had to try to stretch the show out. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey, can we wrap this up? We've only tracked 20 minutes of audio. <laughs> We've talked about doing this for so long, and then you give me this fucking bullshit where you you're know, just not even going to talk. You know, even though That's I wasn't That's not how even, podcasts work. Even though I wasn't on that episode, I would almost rather that be people's first experience for us than the first episode we did of Rock of Love 1. I don't know. I would rather do the first episode of Rock Love One. There was a lot of naive energy. Like, True. there's a little naive charm. There's a little shitty audio. Co- there's a shitty audio quality. We didn't sense. even have pop filters back then. No, we didn't have pop filters. We didn't even have freaking uh, plugins in. It doesn't sound as all big and beefy as no. it does now. But hey, there's nothing wrong. Sometimes we like listening back to old classic audios of our stuff. Of our I have heroes. to listen to it when I do those edits, and uh, there are there is some good stuff in there. I'm just saying, there's a lot of naive energy, but there's still like a there's not a good flow going, and it. it's not like 95 mm. episodes, 96 episodes later. So, and speaking of which, I could tell you what the gift is, but I think I'm going to have a good friend of ours do it for us. Uh, what's well, a your friend? Hold it, let me get the let me get that set up to record. Okay, then here we go. Tell us what's good. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez here with a story. About our good friend James and Edward. <laughs> you hit a cameo. Several years ago. Oh God, I'm gonna. Have to... I was wrestling for all pro wrestling in San Francisco. I did a match with the War Pig. Oh, I'm cracking Jody Christopherson, <laughs> the son of the great Chris Christopherson, I might add, who was my mother's. Favorite performer growing up. What a treat that was. And at that show, not only did I get a chance to meet James and Edward, <laughs> but in fact, Please tell I me he's shirtless at the beach. had the opportunity to give James a chop. And when I had that opportunity, <laughs> oh man, did I give that guy a chop. I chopped him and I chopped him. I chopped him so hard that he had an idea. 
And his idea was, I'm going to do a podcast. (laughs) And here we are. Here we are celebrating the second birthday of the Dr. Danger radio show. Dr. Death Danger, in fact. Not just Dr. Danger, Dr. Death Danger. <laughs> Triple D, just to shorten it. I want to say happy birthday to the Dr. Death Danger radio show. <laughs> a happy birthday and a congratulations to Edward. And a happy birthday and a congratulations and an apology to James <laughs> for that handprint on your chest that I would guess is never going to go away. Uh, he's not wrong on that one. Well, happy birthday, you guys. Congratulations. Hello to everybody. Brian Alvarez signing off. I will talk to you again after a while. I will send you that after the show. Yeah, uh, how the fuck are you going to top that off? <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an extremely good and thoughtful gift. Thank you. How much did, how much you pay on Cameo? Uh, well, um well, he has two options. He has the regular Cameo stuff and then he has one for business stuff. Yes, if you are a company and you wanted Brian Alvarez to say read a line for your commercial or Read the script for your corporate presentation. You can pay him. And I figured, and plus it gave me a higher word count on stuff. Um, uh, I went with the corporate one, which was significantly more expensive. Oh, my God. But it was worth every penny. I've listened, oh, no, to, that, that, oh, I've listened to that like 20 times. Oh, dude, I've been pr- sitting on that for like three weeks. Yeah. It's been brutal not, being, not, not putting that on the show. Yeah, it's just like the casual... The story of how we became. Yeah, yeah. Damn. It's and not, ironically, we started the podcast not long after that. Damn it, really? Well, we've done, here's the thing. We've done a couple tries. Yeah. But that was with you setting up the audio and stuff. Yeah. Once I got my own personal audio recording equipment, I took the reins in doing a lot of the engineering and audioing and scheduling and yeah. stuff. And then from there, we've basically just hit all the races. Yeah. We just do it as regular as we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part. And look at that. 95 episodes, second birthday. We'll see what happens next year. Because I guess our birthday, we could just say the third week of July. Yeah. No specific day, just the third week Week of July. July. Remember, remember, the third of July. I will highly have a... I will most likely forget that. I'm curious to see if uh, Mr. Alvarez is going to go listen to our show right now. I don't know because he's a busy uh, fucking guy though. He's really busy and 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 I had said in the thing that it was going to be played uh on our podcast sometime in July. So, I don't know. You, could, you have an Instagram and your Instagram is basically the sh- the name of the show. So, you you could always just at him and just be like, "Yo, shout out to B- shout out to Brian Alvarez. Thanks for the birthday gift." Unless you can find like the audio, unless you can find the audio and then take a picture of me getting chopped and then basically put like a little picture and audio together and send me that video. And then I could upload that to my Instagram for all people to check out. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I still have that picture. I, I, I've i kept that picture ever since we took it. It was great, dude. I got a great, beautiful gut going right there. And plus, and plus I definitely Alvarez, ate, and Alvarez I definitely, looks- I definitely ate a good turkey dinner with uh, definitely with salt and stuff. And uh, and Alvarez, he 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 gave a ver- he made a voracious face when he did the chop. That was I knew that I knew you I knew you would pop for the whole thing, but because because I didn't like give him a script. I oh, just no, believe I just I said, like, "Hey, we met you at all." Oh, I was blushing. I was blushing and like smiling with joy right now. You look so happy. You you started to sweat. Dude, I am sweating. I can see. 
Maybe it's a little warm. I'm going to turn on the fan. So yeah, long live, do- long live Triple D. I know. He's like Doctor Danger. No, not just Doctor. I th- I, not just Doctor Death Danger. Not just Doctor Danger. Doctor Death Danger. I'm like, bro, that should be a drop, like it's for just, an intro. Dude, it's just a. Oh my god. But I, I wouldn't know how to like properly. No, that's something I could fucking do. Yeah. And like I said, I'll send you the. Can- oh, yeah. I better disconnect the Bluetooth. But yeah, I'll send you that after the All show. Right. All right, people. What's pull up hot or not? Yo. Please tell me that's con- conveniently Jake messaging. That's hot. 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 This is hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is really hot. Really, really hot. All right, listeners. Let me get everything all situated. All right. What did good friend Bone Steel send us today? What's uh, the word, Jake? Oh, uh, well, I can already see, but I think he's a little I think he's a little spicy towards us. Oh boy. Is this- Hello, triple D douchebags. <laughs> yes, I have a hot or not for you this week. Sorry it took me a second. I was too busy soothing my sore neck and back because I was too busy fucking rocking yesterday. <laughs> For my music video, several hundred dollar budget, by the way. I just just highlights in my hair. Okay, because I throw that money around. Anyways, after rocking out on eight different sets, I and getting all of this fucking naysay bullshit slander, I do have a hot or not for you, and it is in the form of Apparently your favorite pop punk artist of all time because you guys can't stop talking about he's him. So you think he's God, so he's good, so and obviously you think he's fucking hot because you're comparing <laughs> me to him, and we all know that I'm fucking hot. So here you go. This is this week's hot or not. The song is called Pop Punk Sucks. Let me know. Is it hot or is it not? You know, I'm starting to really like Andy Negative. He brings great emotion out of a good friend Bone Steel. Jake, I said you're better than Andy Negative. I just said during your video shoot, you were giving, you were looking like him. Nah, nah. At this point, James is the one that's like, bruh, you're, you're Andy Negative, bruh. Never <laughs> mind, bruh. You just look like Andy Negative. Oh, God. Oh, I forgot how much his voice sucks. Oh, I don't know. I might like him because he pisses off Bone Steel. I swear to God, James. Well, let's give it a sec. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this is like... You, you, you can like this? No. Any negative is fucking terrible, but he pisses off Bone Steel. So isn't that a win? I'm sorry. Here's the thing. My hand, my face is in my in my hands. But right he's now. literally explaining Jake's life, good friend Bone Steel's life right here. There is like the same similarities. Honestly, they're just the same people. They look the same. I don't look at Jake and think potential pedophile. Are you sure? <laughs> Jake, what the hell? Oh, he's doing the trap beats like Bone Steel would. I'm just saying, they're just doing the same thing. It's just that he's on less of a budget right here. He does that. Jake doesn't give off vibes. He wants to see 15-year-olds twerk. True. Here's the thing. Like, Andy Negative comes off as more of a sketch guy or just a weird, sad dude living in a cave. But he pisses off Bone Steel. It's so late. I don't want to grow up is the first line of the chorus. Do I need to pull up Bone Steel's last single? 
Living life in the stereo. At least that song sounded hard. Oh no, that's right. You hear this boat steal? You have a Compared hard Compared to this. Edge. Compared to this. I'm just saying, dude. I might just give this a hot for pissing off Jake. Jake looks like he could fight somebody. Compared to Andy Negative, looks like he cannot. Oh yeah, because Jake's looking like a tough guy right now. Is that what you're going for? Is like, hey, my friend is way tougher than this guy. My pop, my pop punk boomer can beat up your pop punk boomer. I, I don't care. I'm, I, I, I'm fine with this pop punk boomer. He's more of a talking piece. What the hell is that? Uh, my cable is under my chair. No, not you. The song. I don't know, dude. Oh yeah, better than Jake. Oh, it's fucking terrible. On <laughs> on God Almighty, if you give this a hot just for the just for the trolls. Hey, he doesn't listen to the show. We've proven this. Uh, I'm gonna wait five weeks and then I'll actually like maybe listen to what I said and then just like bounce. Pop-punk is actually a very fun music genre. It's just really easy to sound generic and bad. Like this guy. Yes. But I can't say, but Jake's just more of a polished version of this. Here's the thing, this I'm guy- I'm not part of this, Jake. Well, I am, but. So, obviously he's not as polished and not has put as much money, uh, not as much credit cards. Sorry, let me get that off. Obviously, he's not as polished and has not spent as much credit cards into his music like uh, someone we know. Oh, Jake has... M Good friend Bone Steel has mountains of debt. Or he used to. But bro, that's just basically the same thing. That was the same thing as his last song. Let's I actually honest. would want to listen to Lost in the Stereo over that. I might listen to this song again. I'm <laughs> getting a great laugh. Do you want to run it back for the show? Yeah, sure. Let me play no, it. No, don't. I will actually walk out. All right, give me, like, you don't want to hear my... <laughs> okay, well, look, here's the thing. Of course it's not hot. That, he's... I don't like his music. I don't like his voice. I don't like him. I don't like the way he writes music. You're talking to the guy... This is coming from the guy that tries to fuse industrial with punk. I don't care for any negative. I don't like his look. I don't like anything. But fuck, it is kind of funny the way he pisses off Jake. I'm torn. Yeah, are you now? A little bit. Like, on one hand, I don't want to sacrifice my integrity. But on the other hand, when does that matter? Well, what are your thoughts? My thoughts? Oh, well, here's the thing about Andy Native. Um, I could technically say that song was a little bit better than the last time we listened to him. That was better than his first song. Like, the song is feels a little less cringe, but dude, that's a dude, that song is just a fucking pile of cringe. I'm gonna play like, five past door open. Yeah, that's literally hey, I'm gonna roll up to the Olive Garden, hey, basically <laughs> pour the freaking like grate out the whole Parmesan block on my freaking Noki soup right now. Level of just like cringe. It's just a mountain of cringe. It's like if yeah, if I was to take the song seriously it's an it's a total not and like it kind of fucking sucks but i'm sure there but it's also satirical but reality i'm gonna give it a hop because it pissed off good friend bone steel who literally did a video shoot looking like andy negative i could take pictures of i could take pictures of them back to back and show them the people and there's a lot of people that won't that will have a hard time telling the difference i can hear jake 
getting pissed off listening to this. Bro, you're just... But a- the show isn't even out yet. Jake, you're just anti-negative, but you spend more money. That's literally it. I thought you were about to say, Jake, you're anti-negative, but good. I, I don't care. I don't even know I want to say that. <laughs> it's like... It is... I give it... Okay, here's I, it. I, it is a not... It is not hot. Let me just get that out of the way. I'm going to give it a hot for the series of events. I'm totally fine with this. I would totally listen to that The last three again. weeks of Hot or Not have been a total clusterfuck. <laughs> it's all Jake's fault. Well, that's a... Uh, is that my problem? No, this is the material I'm given. That's true. All I can say is like, they, ha- they both have the same music taste. They both look alike with the same fashion sense. Similar. The only difference is one tries to make music on his own on a shoestring budget. The other spends too much money with his credit cards. The thing is, though, Jake doesn't even try to be like any negative. I think he's shooting more for MGK vibes. Bro, they're both the same. Do I have to play that song? No, hold on. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) I'm like, honestly, listen to that song right now. Has literally did any negative do anything different than what Jacob's done? I mean, in certain ways, no, but Jake doesn't solely make music like that, like Andy Negative. Yes, obviously he's made different tracks like that, but comparing to, like, Good Friend Bo Seals pop punk tracks. I like Jake's voice more. Well, yes, but he also has a hundred vocal tracks on on his songs. Andy Negative has how many vocal tracks, we're guessing? It sounds like less than ten. Less, I'm sure less than 10. I was going to say five. Hell, even five. Yeah. I was going to say he probably has five. Are you like, you see what I'm saying here? One left, one right, one center, one left, right, one, one left center, one right center. I don't doubt that. I think he just has a vo- one main vocal track and then he maybe just does like some stuff to Throw accent. some reverb on it. Um, do, are we going to break down any negatives? No, that's, you're doing that. You keep saying things, and I'm like, I don't know. I have to re-listen to the song to actually... I don't want to re-listen to the song. All right, then let's not talk about his production on, like, what effects he plays. What I heard, it sounds very minimalistic. Yeah. He ain't doing too much going on. And you're like, I like Jake's voice. Uh, That guy guy puts down how many voices on one track? I'm just saying, one puts a lot of production. Yeah. Now... I will get Bone Steel has better lyrics than Andy Negative. Yeah. Like, Andy Negative, his lyrics are trash, but, and it's total cringe, but one takes themselves more serious than the other. See, I don't follow Andy Negative, so I don't know how seriously he does or doesn't okay, take Okay, seriously, himself. you can't, you, you're going to listen to that and actually go, okay, this guy cannot actually be taking himself serious. Well, when you put it like that. To be honest. <laughs> now, I'm giving a hot because he pissed off Boner Steel. Maybe next week. Hot or not, we'll finally come back to normal. I doubt it. He's going to listen to it, and he's going to be very pissed at us and very vindictive. He opened up his audio file with, hey, Triple D douchebags. It sounds like a line from a David Arquette movie. <laughs> Was that from Ready to Rumble? Because doesn't Jake actually like that movie? Yes, he genuinely loves that movie. All right, you want to get to the scene? Speaking of bad music... Speaking of bad music, ah, let's roll on in into the C-A-R, i.e. the abbreviation of the classic album review. Good host Ed, what do we listen to this week? Well, good host James, we listen to Skid Row's second record called Slave to the Grind. Uh, I got a little background here like I normally do, right? But Tell me I what's wa- on the background. Well, according to... A c- 
According to Wikipedia, Slave to the Grind marked the band's move toward a heavier sound. Uh-huh. With the the title track verging on speed metal. Uh-huh. But the album also includes power ballads and a few lighter tracks reminiscent of pop punk. Wait, what? Who said that? Wikipedia. Although I did copy paste it and there was a I am not there trusting was a thing, some fucking nerd on Wikipedia. There is a thing here that said citation needed, so I guess Wikipedia was like, uh what? Um I think you guys might be uh I think you guys are doing a little too much effort into describing the skid row sound. Also also from the Wikipedia intro, the lyrics were more complex, criticizing modern ways of life. Authority. That I can agree on. Authority, politics, drugs, and organized religion, among other topics. So this is their serious album, you guys. No more screwing around, I guess. To prove that point, I tra- can, well, here's the thing. I can verify that they do like take it at least lyrically more si- like. There's more no rattlesnake serious. shake on this one. Yes, that we could say there is no rattleshake sh- snake level stuff. So tell us about the first song. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, um, I play it. I feel like we should listen to it while it's going. So tell me what you think of the song. You know what's fucking trippy? What? My mom was talking to me today, and she was like, she asked me a question. She's like. Why don't you guys play the albums when you talk about them? I'm like, why would we do that? And look what you're doing. That's fucking nuts. I actually like this intro a lot. I don't like it. When I listened to it, this I was like... This opening reminded me of Van Halen. There's, Yeah, but this seems This like, sounds like some Whitley shit Eddie would have done. Yeah, but it's not like the best Van Halen. It's well, like I, a Van Halen I would miss. But yeah, now, so tell me. What so you think? Yeah, um, so I, was, I wrote here, I said... Can you guess what the Can you guess what this song sounds reminded me of? What if you said if you thought Guns N' Roses, yeah, a like, listen ver- to this. This sounds like Paradise City. Yeah, but like a bad knockoff. Well, yes, like it's fucking horrible. I think this track is okay. It's a fine way to open the record. Uh, I thought the drummer shined in this song, um, like more towards the bridge area. He he did some neat stuff. I thought. I think you're really struggling to find some good stuff, shit out of this song. No, I start struggling around track five. Oh god, yes. I I like the song enough to give it a six because is it a blatant ripoff? Yes. Listen to it. Here's the thing. <laughs> but let me tell you this about the song. This was a single. It was. This song was a single. And I listen to it right now as you're listening with us. I think it fucking sucks. I, I straight up said this might need some tits or something. <laughs> this is just like not there. Five out of ten. Maybe even less. Listening to it right now. Alright, let's bring up the second song. Okay. Alright, so second song. Slave to the Grime. Now this I actually know. Yeah. Well, tell me as, what you think of the song. As I wrote here in the notes. This is the song that people think sounds like fucking speed metal. Oh, or this is so speed metal? Well, oh my god, dude, that, that's so fucking fast. I oh actually, my god, I actually like it's this almost riff. like a f- tremolo riff. Oh my god, dude, he's that drummer's just fucking breakneck speed right now. Dude, dude, that is that reminds uh, me of a Motorhead. Yeah, that's a fucking corny at. Well, I wrote here in my notes as you can hear, this certainly is heavier and faster than other songs we've heard by. I would feel like Sebastian Bach had a little bit more uh, influence on the writing on this record, and. And I wrote here, I could bosh to this. Not because I like it, but I'm saying, like, 
look, you can mosh to it. Here's the thing, no, I I feel like out of the songs of this record, this is actually worth listening to. Oh yeah. King of the world with your slave to like the grind. Like no, I do think the song is the song, pretty good. The song's really good. Alright. Uh this the song reminded me of like later Motorhead when they tried to like be a metal band. Like you know how the Motorhead started out there like, oh yeah, we're rock and roll, but they're basically playing like old rock and stuff. Well someone told Lemmy, hey, you guys are like a mo- a metal band, so around the nineties, that's when they started writing metal music. Um, there's a good solo later, and Bach, I thought, had an opportunity to really uh, show off his singing chops. And I, 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 like I said, I like the song. I vibe with it a lot. I ended up giving this a seven. Here's the thing. This song doesn't suck. It was thrash metal or something. Seriously, that's what fucking nerds really trying. It's, I wonder if yeah, Jericho would have said this had punk. Like, yeah, it's got like the... Oh, yeah, I'm sure he says it's got the punk vibe. Yeah, it's got like the Motorhead playing, but it doesn't have that Motorhead grit and that true rock and roll spirit. You can't, you can never have the rock and roll spirit like Motorhead. No. So obviously, if I was to criticize that, but the song is actually worth listening to. I would put it on my playlist. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Which makes it a that makes it if you're paying attention to our numbers, that makes it a top three yeah. sk- Skid Row song. Here's that solo you're talking about, but I think we should get to the next song. Yeah, we'll be yeah. here forever. This one's called the threat, and man, this Fuck. this song that made me horrible. This song made me go limp so fast. Listen to this. Oh my god, that's so bad. We went from two pretty new sounding songs for Skid Row compared to the last record. This shit hit, and after Slave to the Grime was a really cool song. This shit hit like filler, and it hit really hard. Again, you can hear it. Sebastian is trying to do something with these lyrics. And there is a bridge later of the song, and the solo saved it a bit, but this 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 song didn't didn't impress me at all. Oh no, dude! This song just sounds like a bad Ozzy Osbourne B side. You can almost I can say hear G- that. Yeah, I said GNR, but I feel like with just the driving bass line, it feels like such an Ozzy that's Osbourne pretty Ozzy. trip. That, yeah. That's like yeah, yeah. And I just wrote down this is a boring slow boy. We come from Slave to the Grind, where I'm like, okay. This is, that's promising. We come here, it's like, this fucking sucks. What did you give this? Oh, five out of 10. I gave it a very low six, you know, and I think I'm gonna change it to a five, cause yeah. I didn't. All right, let's get into the next one. This one's called Quicksand, Quicksand Jesus. Jesus. All right, now we It's one. ballad time, you All guys. Right. I wrote here, I said, I wrote here, if you've heard one glam ballad, you have heard them all. This song kind of standed out to me a little bit. Most of the highlights oh, are compared just... compared to that fucking boring-ass last one. <laughs> uh, highlights, again, Sebastian singing, and I just really like... I like Skid Row's production in general. Uh, they sound The records sound really good, and I, I liked it on this one. Um, the uh, I liked how... Um, I, I don't really know. I just kind of... I just like this vibe. That's what I wrote here. It's in Light My World on Fire, but not every song needs to, so I was like, it's good enough for a six. Yeah, here's the thing. I actually think this ballad is tight. I feel like it's pretty well composed. It'd be worth listening listening back if you are on a power ballad vibe. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's got... It, this one's got something. Yeah. It's a definitely good six. And like, I feel like it's a pretty listenable song to come back to. And bro, listen... And it honestly I, could be higher compared yeah. to the rest of the fucking songs on this record. Yeah, but the third song was just that bad. Oh, dude, that song was just ass. Uh, let's get into the next one. Psycho Love. All right. Finally, something that might be more their bread and butter, and it sucks. Here, let me tell you what I think. Go ahead. 
Now we have a song here, as you're listening, is pretty boring and it's lame ass. I it's wrote. about a toxic relationship, I think. Yeah. I give it a low five. I wrote here. This sucked. See, this is when for sure, this is when I turned on the album. More, I wrote here more generic bullshit. Like, Quick Saying Jesus wasn't half bad. Yeah. And now we come to this. Like, the minute this shit starts with that stock bass riff and this shit being, again, what feels like another GNR ripoff, I'm like, come on. They had a really promising start. And I'm listening to this and, well, to give you my score real quick, it's 5 out of 10. I didn't like it. But I was curious about something because this came out in 91, July of 91, actually. And I was like, huh, this came out like four months before Nevermind, Nirvana. Uh, before Nirvana changes the game, and I'm like, man, if this is the kind of shit that was getting put out, oh wonder, oh, no wonder God. why it took over. Oh God, yes. If it's just shit like this, but yeah, no, this song's ass. All right, next one we have, get the fuck out. What? This is literally the name of the song title. Get oh. the fuck out. That's not. That's not the song I have. What? Oh, did I fuck up here? No, the the uh, the the next song I have was uh, dude. Oh my god, I skipped the song. How many songs do you have? That's just it. I have uh one, two, three, four, I have five. Twelve. Here's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, after Psycho Love, it goes to Beggars Day. Beggar's Day? Am I on the right slave to the grind here? Hold on. Okay, I don't know Wikipedia. Oh, where the fuck is that? Psycho Love, get the fuck out. What the fuck? Okay, they must have two versions of this album. Well, they do. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what I thought of this song. Yeah. This is honestly a band trying to be GNR, GNR, but totally sucks, and the song is totally filler. Five out of ten. I guess for some reason I listened to the Japanese version, because on that version, it replaces Get This Song, Get The Fuck Out, with a different song called Beggar's Day, which I didn't like. I feel like I listened to fucking Beggar's Day, too. I feel like Beggar's Day showed up at some point. Oh god, this song is horrible. Well, Beggar's Day was was like just to kickstart my heart rip off. Whatever. Let's get that out of there. So now living on a chain gang. Do you have that one? Yes. Uh, this sucks. Yeah. You as literally we're listening to it right now. I, this I, fucking <laughs> sucks. See, now I know ahead for next time to plan my notes ahead. But I'm so glad I have an audio uh, Re- representation. This sucks. This oh, sounds God. like a Dr. Feelgood rip. The strip, like... I know it's hard to write songs sometimes. Yeah. But no. No. Not this. Uh, like, as the kids say, like this the ain't instrumental it. instrumental part here? Sure. Fine. But dude, if I listen to this, I instantly would just turn it off. Like I the, should. The lyrics are just kind of generic, eat the rich kind of stuff, but they're fine and Bach is convincing enough. Um, but I wrote here in all capital letters, 
musically, it's more of the damn same. Oh, God, yes. This is the lowest score I've given a song in a while. I gave this shit a four, dog. I didn't hit that wall yet. I just wrote down hard labor, hard, hard labor sucks and rockers are not for it with this boring ass song. A light five out of ten. I give it a five out of ten, but I might as well give it a light five out of ten. This is horrible. Oh, next one. Creep show. Yes. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure we could figure it out. All right. Okay. I'm gonna give you. This is. These are all the notes I have. More of the same. I'm struggling for things to talk about. They did some neat stuff for the bridge, but not really. Five out of ten, bro. Oh my god, really? I just wrote down, bro, another boring ass song, but this time with horror themes, it sucks. I didn't even pay. Normally, I pay attention to the lyrics. I didn't even pay attention this time. Oh, dude, I was working on a J card at the time period. I give this a four out of ten. I was not. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. Now you hit the wall. Oh, I hit a wall. The straight up, like, I'm not even fair. Listen to this. This fucking sucks. Who would listen to this? Who generally, generally can actually take this serious? I, this feels like a different band. I couldn't believe that this is the same band that put out the last record we listened to by them. Bro, this is, bro, if you are a parent and you make your listen, your children actually listen to this, this is straight up child abuse. You must be living in the stone ages. Like legit. These are the, this is real music. I'm just saying. These are the tunes we grew up on. I'd rather you listen to people like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion to ever listen to this boring ass shit. Oh my God, that sucks so bad. I was ready to just like, take a, turn it off and take a break. I was, this next song here, In a Darkened Room, I was actually stoked that it, that it was a ballad. Just to change it up. Something. Maybe us roasting it right now and listening to real time. Because I think I was ready to give this one another four. I was not very, I was not happy with this record. Well, this I point. wrote here, I said this was the best song in a while. Uh, but that's not saying much. In fact, it's almost saying nothing. Like, here's the thing. The chorus actually saves a song for me. Yeah. Dude, I'm serious. I, like, I'm sure he was a toxic dude to work with. But fucking Sebastian Bach is a saving grace to this band. Well, we don't know who wrote the lyrics. As far as I know, it was mostly I thought from what I heard it was mostly Sabo, but with contributions from other band members. Because Sebastian isn't on any writing credits, I believe. But also this low key kind of sounds like Winger. But like honestly, <laughs> this sounds like that Steve Vai song in Guitar Hero 3 in the download pack. For the love of God or Oh yeah, I remember playing that one. But like this chorus here. I think I actually saved the song from actually being a four. I wrote down I something was also very, very similar. Pissed. I wrote that last very... song put me in a foul mood. Yeah, I, I've been in a foul mood since uh, track four. But uh, but yes, um, I wrote here, Bach gets to show off his chops. The song didn't suck enough. And you know what? I was able to bump this up to a six from a five. I give it a five out of ten. I'll give it a high five out of ten. After coming off that fucking rain of corny bullshit. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the next one. Riot Act! Oh my god. It's some rock and roll, you guys! Is this an original song? Yeah. Doesn't sound like it, though, does it? It's bad. Can't uh, you just feel those thrashy, punky vibes? Let me tell you what I thought. Yeah. The lyrics are corny as fuck, but the song sounds like Megadeth doing a punk cover. I'll give it a high five out of ten. Is that a compliment? Ten. I don't know. 
Because Omega that does punk, when Mustaine does punk, it's typically not that good. It, yeah. I've listened to MD45. But have you listened to the rest of this record? You know, I'll agree with that. I still gave it a five. I gave I, it a five. And I I'll wrote, give it a high five, maybe. I like Megadeth. But maybe listen to this. I should drop it down to a mid five. TBH. I wrote here, I said, God, why are there two more songs? I know. All right, take us to track 11. All right, what's track 11? Uh, Mud Kicker. Come on, dude. These guys are some bad boys. This is a... Oh, my God. Listen to that. Oh my god. Listen to that stock plane. This is a burning Who mid- fucking likes this? This is a burning mid-paced song. Is this, this song mid- is this what Midwest big hair strippers listened to back in the day? Uh in their strip clubs, yes. This song sounds like it's from 1987. That's bad. I was so bored. Right now. This is so bad. It was so bo- I was so bored at this point. I'm like, can this album be over by now? All the and I wrote here. I went on a mini rant. All the songs are the same. There's generic glam shit. Sebastian does stuff like yeah, and then there's high pitch Whitley Wees for guitar solos. And then at the I don't know if you want to skip to it, but at the end of the song, Sebastian does like a I don't fuck around. Oh my god! I'm like fuck you. I wrote down this song. It's just slow and boring. And God. You might have to fact check me, but supposedly this record is a is double platinum. No, please fact check that. Life can't be that cool. But I just wrote down, bro. Is Tits Skid Row better than what we've been listening to? Serious Skid Row. It's two times platinum. How? How? Oh my God! Seriously, was there just nothing in '91? God. We come from a very dark the period. The first album is five. Sure, I can believe that, but this one though, how? How's this two plots platinum? Who would even bother buying this? Fuck. I give it a four out of ten. I can understand why my mom has shit talked these guys for all these years. Wait, we're learning things. Alright, finally. I give it a five, but it might be a fucking four. It's a fuck you four. Not a fucking four, a fuck, fuck you, you four. four. Last song, Wasted, Wasted time. time. Now, I'm not going to lie. If you listen to this, it starts for me personally in my taste pretty promising. Very pretty. And when everything comes in, like all the guitars and stuff, uh, it sounds fine. It's even fun for a while. Uh, I would so I would go so far as to say... Like, here's the thing. The song actually builds. Yeah. It's not just a ballad where it's ballad chilling. It power ballads it goes somewhere yeah it like steps up at some point yeah i wrote here i said because the other because uh, alone in a dark room was good and then the other battle we just heard was good but i i like this song enough i actually think that this might be the song's second best uh, song uh, i would put it right under uh, slave to the grind which again isn't saying much it's like being the least rotted apple on a bag of rotten apples but it's still good it's good enough to end the album on a six for me well here's the thing well this album ends on a power ballad but it actually feels like there is some care into the song yes it's like winger but less boring yeah i've never actually really listened to a lot of true, winger. Uh, true neither have i but either way Winger was basically this shit. Was like this shit. That's what I do know that. Like literally, Winger came late to the party, and right as Winger was about to do something, your boy Nirvana came in and just fucked things up. 
And I got double fucked because I just, I just, I just learned this today. Blood, sex, sugar, magic by Chili Peppers. That came out the same day as Nevermind. So Glam got fucked. Oh, Glam fucked itself with this bad shit. That's true. But to be honest, now I gave this a six, maybe a high six. Yeah. But literally, as the record end, Def Leppard came on, and it was like <laughs> already so much better listening quality. Like fucking this record sucked. All right, what was your overall rating? Out of a score of 120. Do you want me to continue to play the song? Nah. I think we're done. This Listeners, do you want to hear listen more of that? Because we don't have a way for you to actually respond to that question. So, This album, out of a score of 120, got, after readjusting it, it went from a 66 to a 64. You know, what hurt this record was a lack of a really big, just fucky ass song like 18 in life there's no that there's no youth gone wild but honestly fine i knew there wasn't i was wanting one i was expecting one i was expecting the album to at least give me a few surprises no the album started off fine but it got mediocre it got mediocre fast it stayed that way and it got worse it peaked once at song two and then it valley it peaked Whoa. and then went to the valley for the rest of the record like dude straight you pe- the album this record peaked at song two. two. If anything, Fuck. I feel like I feel like an idiot. I feel like I fucked up because I actually expected Skid Row to do better. <laughs> but my standards no, no, were al- high. Hey, you're not alone. I was I was thought it was gonna be better. Fuck was I wrong. Our standards were still too high. And I've seen people say, and I've seen people say this about Skid Row too. They're like, oh well, you know. The 90s were hard on metal bands, except for Metallica and Pantera. It was changing you times. You mean the bands that didn't fucking suck? <laughs> it was changing Are we listening t- to the same records here? <laughs> it was changing times, even before Nirvana. Incorrect. Believe me, I would rather take Injustice for All and that fucking riff suit oop of a record. Yeah. Over nine songs in 70 minutes. Over that fucking what we just listened to. This right album now. did not sell as well as the first one, oh, not because of changing landscapes. It didn't sell well. Because it sucked. F. Oh, and one last thing. Um, uh, so, I, yeah, I didn't like it. One last thing, though. Really? I can't tell. Skid Row dropped You kind of look like you like liked it, but honestly, you're leaning towards uh, that you didn't like it. Skid Row dropped a new song last week, by the way. It's yeah. called Tear It Down. And you want to know what? You listen to it? It sounds like a Motley Crue ripoff. Shit sounds like Shout Out the Devil. Wow. Uh, Skid Row. In 2022. Skid Row, uh, I think you're uh, low-key kind of a shitty band. But you got three. You got bad co- record. No buys. I don't know if it's worse than. Hey, they wrote like four good songs that they can make a career off of. Yeah, I don't know if it's worse than G Love and literally, Special Sauce. Literally, what the fuck is Sebastian Bach actually done notable? What did I say last week? He was the president of the Rush fan club in his hometown. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. No, he hasn't done much. He has toured. Uh, obviously, and has some solo records, um, but no, nah, not really anything. Same with the Skid Row guys; they just all they've done is Skid Row. Now, question for you: Do you want to keep listening to Skid Row? No, 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 no. no. What else Skid Row is there actually to listen to? There's only like two or three more albums. Fuck! But I do like roasting shitty hair metal <laughs> bands. What you should do is ask your mom to give us a shitty band. To go listen to, but there's a there's a non-zero chance she'll say Metal Health, and I love that record. Ask her. I will. I will ask her as soon as I get home. I'm gonna go take a piss right now, 
and then we'll come back for the main event. Main event. My mic's over here. Oh, oh shit. Oh. All right, listeners, it's now time for the main event. That's right. Today we're finally on the the last stretch, basically the last episode. We're on the last, last, last. Mm-hmm. I'm just babbled words right now. But I can tell you this. We're here to review season five, episode 10, the season finale of Tough Enough. Yeah. Episode season five, episode 10. Of Tough Enough. Of Tough Enough. The fifth season. Listeners, I can't say I'm a professional. I uh, fucked that up uh, extremely royally. But either way, let's get into this. So to recap. Yeah. Not last episode, but the whole season. Yeah. How do I put this? Stone Cold being very aggro. At times, maybe too aggressive. He might be hamming up too much for the camera and going like, you know what? You might not be cool. We see also lots of shots of them training and exercising. And then we see shots of them sparring and exercising. And then Stone Cold says of them, like, of, like, highlights of them doing life-building challenges. Mm -hmm. Wacky life-building challenges. And then we get profiles. We get a profile on Luke, who is shirtless and looking very moist. Did you catch anything he says here? How does he hype himself up to tell us why he should be the winner of Tough Enough? Was this because he had a lot of these throughout the show? Was this the one where he's is this the one where he's putting himself over as like how he's the perfect storm? I don't know. Was he a uh, shirtless and moist looking? I think because this is he was very shirtless and moist looking right here, like. I could pull it up on the footage, but he was just looking creepy, shirtless and moist and him telling us he's the perfect storm and why he should win. But it's the same thing he keeps repeating over yeah. and over again. Well, we've heard all goddamn season. They do also show us Andy. Him being just angry and running the ropes and not shirtless. Yeah. Did you catch much of what he said here? Same. St- it's the same stuff. You know, it's we- this Andy stuff. He didn't really start saying this stuff until the last like two or three episodes. But it's like all he says now. Something about something about how something about about, my, about, he, I, about I, passion and silent rage, rage. Silent rage. Luke doesn't deserve to be here. He, he's I think a he says weasel. Sl- yeah, he says that like he's four a times. A weasel. Now then. I wrote for the for recap. The, they had epic shots of Luke and, and Andy on mountains. That too. There is, and then we saw shirtless, moist Luke. And then, like you don't understand how moist he was. There is a part where Stone Cold says during this, "Young Andy with a passionate fire" or whatever, right? And then they have a shot of Andy screaming, "Oh!" And then it's the theme song. All right, my dude, for the last time, Thank God, sing the theme. Why don't you have timestamps for when I'm done being cringy? Some people like to learn. I want to actually give it this is the last time. Some people wait their time. Yeah, you want to hold me back? Tell them pee off. And whenever they say you can't, tell them... Uh, Break the seal off. I remember when they told me I wouldn't be famous. I'm a dream and reality are simultaneous. I'm always pushing myself to the limit, making sure I stay ahead. You made me who I am, who I am. From the words you said. Some people live to fight to a fight. Some people give their life their life. Some people don't fuck. Don't believe, but I was born a champion. 
But I was born a champion. Please don't make me do any engineering. All right. Because you got to get hungry in your tummy. Uh, oh, man. For anyone that that wasn't watching. I can't watching, wait for you to make a YouTube video of this. For anyone that wasn't watching. You were going ham. You got out of your seat. That should oh, yeah. say something. I feel like people will be able to tell. All right. Let me grab the phone. All right. So now we see we're in Florida. And we meet Andy and his family. And yes. they're just straight chilling. We see his adorable little girl. And he has a son in the way. As we can see, a baby is definitely cooking in the oven with his pregnant wife. Oh, yeah. That thing's uh, that thing is 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 uh, well along in development. When he gets to, uh, excuse me, uh, his wife starts talking to him, right? And she's like, so how do you feel about being in the finals with Luke? Completely wooden acting, by the way. He says, he's not in my league. He's not in my league. On my league, I've complained this journey of abuse that I've dealt with, and I feel like I have earned that I am tough enough and I should win this. That's basically because I'm what passionate. I say. That's like all he says. I'm passionate and I have a silent rage ready to explode. It's like I got your silent rage right here, big guy. And then we see Andy, and then we like get an introduction to Andy's wife. She has a degree in sports science. Yeah, and you know she does because we see him doing training. And as he's doing you some, know, this is the wackiest training we've seen. And as he's doing squats, he's doing squats. You hear her going with the laziest. He's jogging in place. You hear he's her doing high knees. You hear him going you hear her in the background coaching him going up 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 come on higher Uh, like the laziest the laziest uh the laziest freaking um what do they call physician or whatever that you or trainer that you've ever seen yeah like he was going just this big dude just sweating away going (laughs) and you have this lady up 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 come on higher come on up and then we see him he's pushing the family truck yeah, yeah, he's jumping, squatting, pushing a truck, and then randomly it cuts to in a train yard of his wife driving a forklift and dropping big, giant-ass tires so he for can, him to flip over. Yes, and then we see him running on the track on the train tracks in the Florida heat. Yeah. <laughs> this is wacky. I can tell you this. If the training was like this, I would have enjoyed all 10 weeks. I would have enjoyed this show Way more. No, no, no. But this is a special profile on Andy. Then so, we go to... Well, we see him, Andy. He's just oh, packing yeah, right. up. He he's getting up ready and, yeah. for the finals. His lady sends him off. Now we go to Auburn, Maine. We go to... I don't know if this is Luke's house or a buddy's house. This is I, Luke's pad. Okay, so... Or something. This is where Luke lives. He's in Auburn, Maine, and he's big... He's with his friends. He's big chilling in the woods with the homies like our like old buddy Skeet. Like, literally, he's sitting there, and we're just going like, yeah, we're a bunch of redneck rock stars, and we see him out in the middle of the river on a boat with a bunch of, like, shirtless women. As him and his friends are getting crunk on the boat, Luke says he works hard and plays harder, you guys. Yeah, he's, like, towing us while wearing his, like, John Deere-like friggin' uh, grunt-style shirt and camo pants. He loves the rock and roll lifestyle, he says, and we see him do a toast with his friends. He goes... To cold beer and hot women. He's like, I'm a rocker. I'm a rock star. This is what this business is all about. And then we see him just straight running in the woods. Yeah. Just straight. And he's in the forest just mobbing through. He's running through the woods, pushing barrels, lifting logs and cinder blocks. Yep. Friggin' while slinging bricks and chains. And awkward white guy dancing. And then he's just sitting there. He's like, yeah, I'll call this some caveman redneck training. That made me like Luke. Just him watching him run through Cave the woods shirtless. Caveman redneck training. With He's lifting be- cinder blocks and logs. Yeah, while being shirtless. That's yeah, look, awesome. Yeah, look at his uh, shirtless bod. That actually bod. felt like, you know what? That feels like a... 
WWE superstar. Yeah. And this he, is definitely wacky like a fucking like thing. And then he goes to his brother's gym where he practices wrestling in an actual wrestling ring. I'm like, damn, Luke's trait Luke and Andy's training, mostly Luke's. This looks like way more effective training than Bill DeMott's training. Yeah, let's just watch them just do random exercises. Or I'm gonna flip giant tires that my that my old lady just drop off with a bulldozer like like excavator, and now I'm gonna go run on the train tracks in the heat. I thought I I'm thought run Luke in, I'm was gonna, gonna go start run. chopping trees. I'm just then you got Luke just go. I'm partying with shirtless women on the lake, but then I also train by running through the woods and then by lifting bricks. Fuck you, maybe he is Rick. He is like Ric Flair, like he said. Okay, I don't think he's Ric Flair. I don't, no, I, I don't know, see Ric Flair running through the woods and doing an exercise. Can Ric Flair even run? Have you ever seen him run? He's fucking 70. Not now. I mean, in general, have you ever seen Flair run? Oh, dude, I've seen him launch. Run and launch <laughs> towards Sting. Okay, that I believe. Yes. They always brought the I have seen that. I have seen that. Luke says he feels like he's a big, bad wolf. And everyone else oh, is a fucking wolf metaphor. And a cute little wolf rabbit. Now I'm going to shoot this lion. And he's, <laughs> he's ready to lock his jaws. I'm ready to lock my jaws on this guy. Luke's friend, in even worse acting than Andy's wife, says, Hey, you know, so you made it this far, but now, hey, this is the finals. So how do you feel? How, how do you feel about it? And he go and Luke says, Well, he's a big cat, but uh he's I'm, a big cat. But, uh, I'm the perfect storm. I'm, I'm the, race ready. I'm race ready. So he packs his v- bags and then out of nowhere, he packs has his bags, dude. He's like packing, packing his freaking collection of affliction shirts. And then he just straights have an emotional moment with yeah, his he's mom. He's having a genuinely heartwarming moment with his mom. Thanking this, her for supporting his dream while being a fucking fashion crime. Thank you for supporting my dream. He's you. literally hugging and crying. He's hugging and crying. His mom will look like he's about to attend a shitty Brett Michael show. She tells him There's a lot how she tells him how much she believes in following your dreams because she says she says something like because you can look you look at a lot of people and you can just tell they didn't follow their dreams. I'm like fuck, that's kind of poignant. And like and like we see Luke's and his mom having, looks sweet. Yeah, we see Luke actually having an emotional moment. Then he goes back to being cocky. And it's like God, wow, we just don't like you. There was a moment where it's like you know what we felt you were a human being. Quote unquote. But now you're back to being. I'm a party with a bunch of shirtless women on the lake, and then I'm going to be lifting bricks because that's how I work out. He says he brings. I'm a wolf. He says I'm he about bring, to shoot this. Lion. <laughs> okay, so like I feel like every review of Tough Enough has been pretty good, right? That we've done. I feel like I feel like the last two episodes have been kind of eh, but that's mostly the show's fault. We're just down the, to the promo last shit though. Was one of the best things we've done. Yeah, while yeah. reviewing it. Yeah. Any so, new listeners, go back and check out the episode. It should have The Rock Luke, as the front cover. Luke says he brings the steak and the sizzle. And he's winning that contract, you guys. So now we see them. They cruise into Tampa, Florida. To FCW. I just wrote down the PC Center, but whatever. And then we see, hey, hey it's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, Bill DeMott. If you ever wanted a visual representation for a gap in talent. Bill Hugh Rection Morris DeMont is standing next to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yep. <sighs> I'm and like, that's just, sick. And, not, and not just talent in the ring, talent in training. In training. Oh, dude, I'm glad you feel the same way. Yeah, because when you, we see him like train these two later, it's like, wow, I feel like he's training these guys. Now, I won't lie to you. 
Ricky was not off to a good start here because oh. he says he's here to train them. He says we've created such great. We've created. Hey, he says FCW has churned out great stars like Albert Del Rio. He says Albert Dolph Ziggler, Wade Barrett, and sh- and his favorite, his favorite, Ricky the Dragon's favorite, Steamboat. I mean, Seamus. I don't know why I was reading Steamboat. You know, it's my fault because I, I didn't say the Steamboat. Yeah, his favorite is Seamus. And I just wrote that. If you ever wanted another representation of a visual discrepancy in talent. And Steamboat says that hopefully that whoever wins can be one of those names. And I wrote down, so just a guy. Wow, he's setting great expectations okay, he, okay, here. Here's the thing, though. Del Rio, before he left, people still liked him. Ziggler waned at the time he was all right. Now Ziggler's just like, bro, why are you still there? You look sad. Wade Barrett. Seamus is at least successful. He's been there since 2007, Yeah, but Seamus is just a guy. Well, he is He is now. I'm just saying, like, this is literally what Steamboat has set the expectation. I'm like, wow, you say all these names, and these are just guys. So they're going to train with Ricky for a week. And then each of them will have an exhibition match. Each of them with Bill DeMont. Here's the, I thought they were going to have a match with each other. I thought that's what they said because they didn't say Bill DeMont. They just said, oh, yeah, you each are going to have a match. They said each. So I was like, okay, are they just both going to wrestle random jobbers? But you said, no, I think they're going to wrestle themselves. No, they're going to face like WWE gatekeeper Hugh Morris. Yeah. And the winner of this competition is going to be announced on Raw. On Raw. So they train. Uh, the he, Ricky has them spar because he yeah. wants to get a good look at them. Yeah, he has them run them run spots and then see what the expectation, what the actual expectation. And he wants to come up with unique plans to build upon their strength. Because I wrote here, Ricky is clearly a better trainer than Bill. Oh, damn fucking straight. He, I would, if I was going to become a wrestler, I would love if Ricky the Dragon was my teacher. He looks like the kind of guy that'd be fair but firm. But anyway, but here's the thing: it was, we see what they're doing. He says Andy has good size and good cardio, but he needs to slow down. He he pauses and he's like, "For a big kid, we see Andy." He says, he, "Ricky says he botches spots and he's reckless." Luke, he says, has good ring awareness. He's Except, quick. Except though, when he's wrestling a match with a big guy, he isn't acting like he's in a match with a big guy. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like his psychology is backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can. They do the spot right where um, someone runs at him, and um, where where someone runs at you, you're in the turnbuckle, and you try to jump over them. Luke tried to do that, but that wasn't you know the right thing to do. So then they're sparring again. Oh, and also I know here because you can see it happen. Andy doesn't know how to fall out of the ring when Luke hits him out. Andy and Luke are being catty. Well, there's also a thing too where it's like. Freaking Steamboat was right there saying, it's like, here's the thing, Luke. Do you think generally, does like you can act and like it looks realistic with you actually clotheslining this giant man out of the ring? Like he clotheslines you, you fall, it looks like you fall easy. But you try to clothesline him, doesn't seem like yeah. that would be a little. If uh, you're going to do that, that's a spot you need to like build towards for a minute. Here's the thing what Steamboat says. He's literally sitting there, he's like, one guy's big, the other guy's small. Hey, small guy. Act like you're wrestling as a small guy. Big guy. You're going to be wrestling like a big guy. Yeah. Like it's a big guy. Sounds small real simple. Guy. Quit acting like you're as big and slinging around this big guy. It does not help in a match. Mm-hmm. So Andy and Luke are being catty and they're talking heads. Andy says Luke is a weasel. He's a weasel. Luke says Andy lacking his cockiness is Luke's advantage. Okay. What? Then. And then. Like, oh, yeah, I- I'm going to beat I'm going to beat you. 
because I'm cocky. What? Dude, I don't know. And then we see a shot of the tough enough spinner boat. Yeah. And then we can then transition to Luke as he's feeling exhausted, but I guess because I guess they put him putting in a good week's worth of training. Yeah, so here's the thing. This scene here where where the the sequence from when we meet Dragon, they train, and then to the end here where you're talking like, oh man, a full week's passed by. This was maybe two minutes. Yep. We see none of Ricky's training. Nope. We just see them sparring. But here's it's like, the thing. Fuck. That's not even the worst part. Because <laughs> so now we see them. They're in their gear. Yeah. Silent Rage has a terrible singlet. With chains on it. Oh my on God. the side. I didn't notice. Cha- Dude, fuck. And Luke has trunks. Did you notice? With wolves on them. Dude, Luke has total indie redneck gear. But he doesn't look like fucking first match freaking Silent Rage, though. Silent Rage had this terrible singlet that had his titties out. And he says, and you know what? I got to point out, though, at least there was a payoff, right? For all of Luke's like big bad wolf shit. I don't think he ever went by the wolf or anything, but wolf was on his tights. So clearly that's been an aspect of his character. So at least there's that. Andy. Sorry, what? No, you go. I was just going to say Andy and in his terrible singlet. It might be one of the worst singlets I've ever seen. He's talking about how he has butterflies. He a says, butterflies in the stomach, and I just feel like it's just building up to a point because I'm right at the stage, and once the music hits and the lights are on, I'm about ready to explode. He says there's hundreds of fans here tonight. I'm like, bro, there's maybe a hundred. There's like a hundred fans here tonight. They're all screaming. Though it's a pretty electric uh, setting here. Booker T comes out. They're playing this up like it's some big, like some big ass deal. The way it's edited. But- okay. Yeah, I know. I've seen the FCW arena. It's no Luke again mentions how he's the big bad wolf. And he I'm says, big, this is when wolf. he turned to our, he Dude, turned he into a hella creepy here. This is when he turned into our old buddy skeet. Uh, he said how hey, I'm a big bad wolf and I can feel it coming Come out. On, you, need I can like feel, Ro- you need like the Romo concussion Romo, Romo. speak. It's like, I, I'm a big bad wolf. And I can feel it coming out. I feel my fangs sharpening, and I can't wait to sink my teeth in the bill. I can't wait to sink my teeth in the huge erection. At least he's convincing that there he's... There, I cracked. I made a huge erection joke. Have you never cracked a huge erection joke? I've tried not to, because you keep doing it. Damn, I've never straight noticed that. <laughs> Either way, uh, Luke definitely comes off. He's ready to sexually assault uh, Rection for all the mental abuse and physical abuse he has dealt with. He suffered some of the least with like the weeks of with the weeks and weeks of training in beautiful Simi Valley, California. Simi Valley is a really nice place. It is. It's still part of the eight hundred five. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. Okay, so Reno. Andy. Andy says. That bit you said about the excitement bubbling up, he says it gets bigger and bigger gets until bigger it unleashes. And, and gets then, bigger. Until and it, it unleashes. <laughs> that's the silent rage, baby. <laughs> like, fuck you. Damn, bro. A silent rage thing is one of the worst things I've ever seen from WWE. It, it does and they no, didn't even come up with that. It, dude, it does them no favors. That is minus five stars. Either way, then we see General Hugh Rection make his entrance. And then he has a talking set heads where he says, like, yeah, these guys are going to have to wrestle me. And when I said that they're going to have to go through me to actually make this company, I meant it. I'm not ready to give up my spot. And I'm like, when he said that, I'm like, well, that explains many things. Yeah, it explains too much. Yeah. And I wrote down what spot. 
That's what he said. My guy. That's what he said. I don't know what goes on when Hugh G-Rection's world. The worst part about uh, Bill DeMott coming out is the show, the way it's edited and cut as he's walking out and as they announce WWE trainer Bill DeMott. This show is trying to tell me that not only does the crowd like him, let alone know who the hell he is, but they make it look like they're chanting for him. He's wearing black tights with purple question marks on them. Purple question marks, yeah, like he's a fat got, emo Riddler. Or you got like the Mysterio tights. Whatever. He didn't look good. Yeah, he didn't look like... <laughs> and he, his hair was down too, and he has very thin hair. Like, here's the thing. Luke and Andy just look like just guys. Yeah. But so does Rection. Rection looks like... A, <laughs> just looks like a guy. He looks like, like an angry indie wrestler. And he's wearing all black and he's got the shirt on. So he looks like more of a guy. Like, at least Andy and Luke are in like full on wrestling gear. All he's got are the oh, boots no. and knee pads. Andy's got terrible gear. He's got terrible gear, but he looks like a wrestler. Here's, well, Rection or Andy? Andy. I don't he know. He looks I, like a wrestler. I feel like Rection looked more of a wrestler than Andy. When I, th- I don't know, I, th- the singlet is such like an old school, like wrestling vibe, you know? Either way, we could debate this, but we got emo Riddler. Oh, dude, this is the worst part of the show for me. This is one of the worst part of the entire show. Oh, my God. Luke and Andy have their singles matches. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, OK, you're telling me this whole time it was building up to like a big giant fuck you boss battle with big bad Bill DeMont. I'm like, you know what? That's actually kind of cool. But we don't even see the match. Not really. It's all shots. It's all edited shots. They made like a fucking compilation set to the crappy theme song. That's right. Like it's a, like it's a PGW highlight. That's right. I just wrote that. It looks like Andy is going to be first. And wait, never mind. Then you hear the fucking Wait-less? piano music. And I'm like, all right, uh, time to sing the song. Anger, hatred. I died. I didn't die. Not because I was laughing. Wait, wait, how, from rage. Wait, how's this? How's the song go? Oh, people like to learn. Some people, I'm not doing the whole Some thing. Some people wait, wait their, their turn. turn. And then we watch them have a match while Russian looks like the best out of all of them. See, I didn't want to say that because I don't like complimenting Bill DeMott. Well, let's but be real here. Like, here's some hindsight. The show does not do any favors to the winner. <laughs> yeah, that's a spoiler. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Either way, so after Ed is sang the theme song again, the crappy theme song. But yo, for real, we did not see a match. Totally bullshit. It was a music video. Oh my, a bad one. Why they had time to give us their five minute matches? No, we had to dedicate the last twenty minutes. To, oh, we had to dedicate oh. twenty minutes to fucking you know not us actually seeing them wrestle. No, you know even though they built it up. Here's an, you know it might have helped to actually see those matches on why. The whoever the winner is actually won. This finale should have been like two parts. They should have had one be like, okay, the final two shows their train. Then the next episode, they could take their time, show their matches, and then you could still allocate the 20 fucking minutes to the end of your show. No, dude, they had to put more time with them training and running on train tracks and in the woods instead of like, hey, let's have, let's oh, actually yeah, show. Because I really need to watch these buff assholes squat for the hundredth time. Nah, bro. Nah, you can't watch them actually wrestle. Well, and they only had to wrestle like five minutes. Yeah, that could five have been- minute matches. Who the fuck is supposed to get themselves over to a talent scout in five minutes? Seriously, could you at least just give us like a three minute match? Hey, here's the thing. 
If Kurt Angle and Ray can have a super awesome match in five minutes. That is Kurt Angle and Ray Mysterio. You <laughs> shut the fuck up. I'm saying you could do a lot in five minutes. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you that. We could have saw something in the five minutes that could have been edited down to three minutes. So that would have been six to seven minutes in total footage of us actually seeing them wrestle. But now nah, we just got a and music video. Like, and hey, this might sound kind of weird, but we are here to see WWE pick their next superstar. And what does a superstar do in WWE? They wrestle at times. <laughs> yeah, at times, right? So afterwards, Booker and Bill go to talk to them. They're in the back. They're, it's so weird. I don't know how later this was after the match, but Andy and Luke almost look gassed. But Bill's rocking in there with his tubby shirt on and he's like hey guys what's, he's got his hair back he's like hey guys how's it going hey guys how's it going and they're like hey we're proud of you guys hey uh, did you leave everything in the ring tonight and they're just like nah he is like, well andy's like i feel like i left everything in the ring and luke's like nah i feel like there's always room to grow like fuck both of you really because we <laughs> didn't see a match that actually make that judgment ourselves we didn't see a match i know the fucking show god you know, the show does everything except wrestling. So to paraphrase, Bill says, tonight we crown a winner. Oh, wait, shit. No, I skipped ahead. My bad. You did. I'm so angry. Anyway, yeah. Are you yeah. good there? Sorry. You need to breathe? So sorry. They talk. Who saw? Bad Boys 2 is a good movie. Woo-sa. So they talk. Come on, my man. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> so they talk, right? And then literally out of nowhere, boom, we cut to Raw. Yeah. We're just now on Raw. And we We're hear Colin King. Yeah, Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler have to pretend they watch this show. And they're hyping us, hyping it up for us. I'm like, you motherfuckers. There is no way Jerry Lawler took time to watch this show. Oh, and then we get our entrances for our trainers. Booker, Trish, and, and Bill. Re- oh, and old Bill Rection. As Bill sadly plays to the crowd like he matters. This guy is really holding on to hope. You know what that reminded me of? You remember that bit from the WCW retro reviews of Brian and Vinny where there's that it's a clip posted on YouTube how WCW tries to make Hugh Morris matter where it's like right after a pay-per-view and then and that's when Gene try Gene Oakland tries to like get the crowd going and, start, and try to get everyone to like clap for Hugh Morris and Goldberg tries to put him over. <laughs> that's what this reminded me of, but he was doing it himself. I was about to say, I don't. Th- I don't think QG Rection understands that he matters because he doesn't. <laughs> so to paraphrase, Bill says, "Tonight we crown a winner, but let's meet the losers." Yes, because there's 20 minutes of the show left. Yeah, we can't see them wrestle. Yeah. We can't see the two finalists of your fucking show wrestle. But you know what? We can see. We can haul out all the losers. And not only that, they introduce them one by one, one at a time. And Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole are again pretending that they watch the show. And they straight emphasized, because they put energy into calling them losers. Yeah. They publicly shamed these poor fuckers. They straight up did. It fucking was bad. Oh, my God. They go like, Evie, Eric got booed. I was happy, though. Martin and the homie Big Rig had the biggest pops. Oh, Big Rig? Big, Big Rig, Rig had the biggest pop, and Martin was popular, too. Like, Martin and Christina had the same amount of pop. I feel like Martin was a little louder. A little yeah, louder Christina than Christina. Christina actually had fans. Yeah, no, Christina had fans. But our boy Big Rig, Daddy Riggs, he had the biggest pop. And I'm Hell like, yeah. I guess there's people in the crowd that actually watch the show. Or they all watch Daisy a love. 
Hey, the guy. Hey, he's been around. He's been around. And that is so, one thing that we could for sure talk about, Daddy Ray. So Bill runs. There is a there is a fun little callback, right? Where he got where he where he when he gets to ride, he's like skin marks, and then skin marks looks at him like this. Wow, big one eyes points at him, and he's like Ryan, and I'm like that's cool, but I'm like. Wow. You motherfucker. I was you can't even say his fucking name. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, Ryan. He's like, skid marks. I'm like, oh fucking God, that was right. He was cursed with skid marks. Dude, this was just a public shaming on these people. It was! Oh my God. So then... Why would you even want to show up? I would have just like said no. <laughs> if I had to build you a hind, like, uh, power of foresight, I would just been like, no, I'm sick. I got the I got the runny poo-poo. Andy comes out. People cheer. Michael and King are like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but they almost word for word are like, look at the size of this guy. And King keeps pointing out, oh, yeah, his intensity. His intensity. Like, what intensity? What? I don't, I've actually watched the show, Jerry. He didn't get intense until the last two episodes. Damn. Yeah, for real. So you didn't get yeah, until fucking Stone Cold basically. The Silent Rain. Silent Rain. So he didn't get like intense. Stone Cold Steve Austin had to look like the biggest asshole on the planet in order to light a fire under this dude's ass. Yes. And Trish brings him out as Silent Rage. And yes, Andy actually gets a pop, but he's not as big as pop as uh, Daddy Riggs. And none of them got as also big a pop. Also, the theme song's playing, so... Some people like to learn. Wow. Actually gives them no favors. They're coming out to this fucking horrible song. This felt like a public execution, but what was getting killed was their souls. Who could possibly want to work for WWE after seeing that? Never mind the bad creative. Never mind the stuff with Vince. This. This right here is like, who in the hell? And... And that last legend match you showed me in between stops, who the fuck would want to work for them? People that do not watch the product. <laughs> People that, if you ask me, anyone that's like, I'm about to say, who would want to work here? I'm like, I have a feeling they didn't watch the show. No. Nope. But none of them got as big a pop as when Papa Stone Cold comes out. The only well, reason. W- yeah, that's all fucking fair. There's yeah, su- surprise, guys. Stone, there, Co- Stone Cold Steve Austin is... And then there's the Stone Cold pop. When yeah, he comes nothing a- comes close. Yeah, and they, when he comes out, they have to actually edit in his audio. Yeah. Because people are so loud, you cannot hear his theme music. Yeah. Because it's goddamn Stone Cold. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, and this is the only reason why, A, anyone would have wanted to go to this taping of Raw, and B, it's the only reason we watch the show. Stone Cold says, I want you to give the men and women of uh, Tough Enough a round of applause. Matter of fact, give them a hell yeah. Stone Cold talks to the crowd for a while. At one point, they just send all the losers away. Oh, yep. Because they're talking for a moment as like they're showing the winners. We go to commercial. Actually, no, wait. Did we just see a limo pull up and then they went to commercial? Yeah. And then when we come back. They're gone. Yeah. Everyone was gone. Like, wow. Stone Cold just did a Houdini act, and everyone's gone, and then we see Vince McMahon, he's walking towards the ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, there's the devil coming. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever Satan incarnate with his genetic jackhammer, there he is, coming out of the limo, to announce his winner of this shitty reality show. Now, is it his I bet br- Vince didn't even watch the show. I don't think he did. So then he, so then Stone Cold starts asking uh, all the traders their thoughts on Andy and Luke. Right? He asks Bill for his uh, for his thoughts. Bill says, basically, you I thought guys, Booker was first. No, well, Booker, Booker was last. Give me a second. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not my notes. Hold it. 
I actually have a fucking thing right here I wrote down. Now, Papa Stone Cold tells people to clap for the peeps and said it's been an amazing journey. And then says he takes this job very seriously. He also pointed out he hates when people say the word amazing and journey. But it's been an amazing journey. And I wrote down, okay, Steve. You want to guess what I okay. thought? You want to guess what I thought of when he said that? What? Horseshit! I, yeah. <laughs> I did then the more polite version of, okay, Steve. Okay. Bill says, you, I'm paraphrasing, you guys went through a lot of shit, but if I had to pick, I'd pick Andy. Oh, I also wrote down Trish is so tan right here. Yeah. Like, she was tan on the show, but with all the WWE lights, because these are like these are like Monday Night Raw cameras. Oh, dude, the tan was, like, very uh, noticeable. Yeah, dude, she just had, she was straight tan, and then said at times she wanted to slap the cockiness out of Luke, and then Luke licks his teeth at Trish. Seriously, Luke yeah. comes off like he's a sexual predator. Also, Andy, she says she, well... I watched him. I watched them both grow as performers and athletes. I watched Andy cry. Yes, we've all watched Andy cry and overcome that. But she, she had to point out she saw him cry, and then that part where he licks his teeth. I, I wrote down a little different in my notes. I wrote Luke made a Jack Nicholson in the Shining face. Yeah, that's a creepy fucking face. Trick pisses. Trick pishes. Trick pishes. Trish picks Andy. So, we, so what's true, Cap? Rection picks Andy. <laughs> Trish picks Andy. Booker says, <laughs> Booker says, Luke is a pretty boy. Hell of a look in future. But I look at Andy and I have two things to say. It factor. Excuse me a second. Horse shit. You're like, wait, what? Booker T says he thinks Andy has the it factor. Seriously, did we miss something when they wrestled Rection? Yes! We well, did! Well, yeah, we missed Literally the Literally and metaphorically, we did. We missed a lot. The drama is like, dude, how clearly fa- Booker was over there on the, com- must have been over there on the commentary table, stroking his Booker cock over how dude, good these guys how, are as wrestlers. How bad was Luke? How bad was Luke for Andy to win? Unless Andy is just Hulk. I refuse to believe. Oh, I refuse to believe Bill Demont was a better wrestler than them. But you were probably right when you said he was. Oh, let's be a fat. Let's be real. The fact I mean, yeah, that, he's like he was what a twenty-year vet at that point. Yeah, like I would like to think he's a better wrestler than these fucking schmucks they brought on the show. I think when he when Booker met it factor, he meant tall boy. Well, of course, he has the it factor. But, he is tall. But he says, when it comes to a choice, it's your choice. He tells Stone Cold. Then Stone Cold randomly, then Stone Cold randomly talks about paying his dues and how he's been beaten up and cut up and stuff. And I'm like, all right, wow, can we, you know, actually got watch them wrestling? Why can do we, we pad out the show any fucking longer? Seriously, they made this last part go on forever. I was getting instead, bored, and because literally like, it you know, just turns into an episode of Monday Night Raw. It's like, damn, dude. Well, so come on. If you want to be a WWE superstar, you got to do shit like yeah, this. Yeah, you got to stand in the ring for 40 minutes because you have a 20-minute promo to cut, but there's 20 minutes of commercial. Yep. So then he passes the mic. Uh, sorry. He, he does all that. Then he passes the mic to Luke and asks him before pointing out how Luke is wearing a quote-unquote flipped-up collar, torn-up jeans, and black loafers, what he thinks of his competition, a.k.a. Andy. Yeah, he, yeah Papa Stone Cold stole Barry's Luke's look. 
Luke says from day one. And I got to say, Luke was more a little more natural on the mic than Andy. Yeah, he was a passable promo here. He says, from day one, I've said this isn't show friends. It's show business. You said you were looking for the next superstar and you're looking at him. And a couple people actually cheered for that. Then he turns to Andy. What are your thoughts on Luke? Andy says, I think he's a weasel. <laughs> Actually, before that, he said, before hey, he hey, says that, let's bring up a multiple choice question. What does Andy think of Luke? An awesome guy. You a know, great competitor. You know what? Can play guitar really well. Or a weasel. What do you think is going to be, people? Ding, ding, fucking ding. If you pick D weasel, well, then you are right. He calls Luke a class A juggernaut and has no place in the ring. He's a class A juggernaut. So naturally, I'm like, juggernaut? What the hell is that? So I looked it up. And according to Urban Dictionary, oh God. explicit content warning, jump ahead like 15 seconds. A juggernaut occurs when someone abstains from ejaculating for a long period of time until they finally relieve themselves in the most unstoppable, largest nut of their life. So is that a compliment to Luke? Was Andy on a good one here? (laughs) He's a juggernaut. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? I think we need to roll on. Fine. So anyway, he said, he did yeah, no so favors. he says Luke has no place in the ring. He says real athletes come to this ring like pro football players, which is very true in WWE. A lot like of their collegiate athletes, not your little minor league baseball teams. I'm like, who the fuck said anything about baseball teams? I guess he's burying Luke because he plays baseball. It doesn't help that four of the biggest stars in wrestling, you know, Rock, Reigns, Brock, Goldberg, they were all football guys. Hey, so was Cena. Cena, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he says Luke doesn't was deserve... Brett, was Bret Hart a football guy? I thought he was a hockey guy. Eh, that's Canada football, so sure. That's true. Uh, so yeah, he says Luke doesn't deserve it. Have any, have any, has anyone else noticed that Andy doesn't seem to like this guy? Wow, dude, seriously, did Luke, like, straight up just juggernaut in his fucking cereal one day? <laughs> or fucking reels. Sorry, Mom. So, then Vince McMahon comes out. Yeah, oh, Vince McMahon comes out. Oh, yeah, we already talked about it earlier. I think I might have skipped ahead. But, yeah, no. And Vince he, comes out. He goes into the ring, and he tells Stone Cold Steve Austin, the only man he's ever really loved. He says, Steve, how about for old time's sake, you give me a hug? And Stone Cold says, how about a stunner? It's good to see you, but we don't need to be hugging on national television. And I wrote here, Stone Cold respects kayfabe. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we got these two nerds in the middle of this man and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I actually Austin had here. to move a thing down because uh, I wrote a little, not an actual essay, but I wrote a big thing about how I personally believe that uh, that that Vince McMahon genuinely, that Stone Cold Steve Austin is genuinely the only like wrestler that he's ever loved in the sense of as a person and as a performer. But maybe another time. Well, either way, Vince, but, here's the thing: they had great chemistry together. Oh, they're the greatest feud in wrestling. I will say that to anyone. That's definitely one of the greatest feuds ever. Well, it's the, it's the feud that fucking you know made, it won the war. Not well. Well, it helped. You know, help won the war. WCW sucking. <laughs> yeah, they just lost. Yeah. No, it's literally... They lost to themselves. They lost to themselves. It wasn't a war between two brands. It was literally a war of WCW with WCW. Yeah, they got God complexes and thought they could do no wrong. And obviously, WWE had Vince and Stone Cold. Yeah. That literally <clears throat> the feud that made him into 
him turn Vince into a fucking billionaire. Yes, absolutely. So, of course, he loves it. So, him. either way, Vince comes out and then he asks these our finalists some questions. He The first thing he asks them is, do you, he asks Andy, do you think you're worthy wrestling in the same ring as Shawn Michaels? Shawn Michaels? The same ring that Andre the Giant dominated in? Andre the Giant. The same ring that Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. And then he points to Stone Cold like the same ring that he's kicked ass and taking names in. And Andy says, he says, well, I guarantee. And then Vince pulls the mic away. Oh, you he said. He goes, whoa. Oh, did you, you just say, say guarantee? Stone Cold pops in. He just said guarantee. And then, and then like fucking Vince just shakes his head. I'm like, I'm like, what a burial. Oh, my God. Then he just turns to Luke. Luke says, oh, he says, why do you deserve to win or something like that? Luke says, why do you deserve to win? Luke says, because love me or hate me, you people will never forget me. Love me or wa- hate me, you people will never forget me. I want to create moments. I, like- <laughs> I want to create experiences. So bring it on. That's what he says. So bring it on. Here's the thing. I'm going to remember Brett Michaels for the rest of my life. I'm going to forget Luke. So, TBH. I think that has to be a worse insult than anything you've ever told Jake in relation to Andy Negative. Here's the hell no. Did Andy Negative just Jake just suck? <laughs> so then Vic. <laughs> but he pisses off Jake because he's like basically Jake without the money. Vin- one guy spent thirty thousand dollars on airplanes. <laughs> the other, I think, is still working with the same do. Which they had to take the hair from his ass. I think one uh, shops at Sephora for their makeup. The other just goes to uh, Rite Aid. Vince? Now back to A motherfucker. Enough. Vince asks Andy, "What social qualities do you have?" Social qualities. He says, I'm the baddest guy in this competition. The best athlete by far. I laughed. Uh, he and then immediately after he says that, Vince asks, are you nervous? Died. <laughs> he could see right through him. Oh, my God. And then he's like, no, sir, because I know I've already won. And now a drum roll. Oh, yeah. So, well, there's a little, there's a, there's some fun dialogue between him and Stone Cold that I, I transcribed. Vince says, well, I made up my mind, so I'm going to decide right now. And why are you looking at me that way? He says to a smirking Stone Cold. Stone Cold says, you're going to make a decision. He goes, last time I checked, I'm the chairman. I make the big decisions. He goes, I don't give a rat's ass if you're the chairman with your stupid tie, that bullshit blue suit. Tough enough is my show, and I'm going to pick a damn winner, not you. See, that was nice. Remember when Tripp and Steph were the authority? They never lost like that. They always won. Yeah, you know what? Maybe that's why it didn't work when they did it. (laughs) Steph and Tripp never lost. They just stopped being on TV. You want to know? You want to know what makes Vince better than them? He is willing to make a clown out of himself. Oh, yeah. And he lost a lot. Not even just a Stone Cold, but he was famous. He lost a lot. Yeah. I think one guy understands more than his daughter. His daughter Mm. refuses to, like, maybe WrestleMania. She refuses to do the job. Yeah. Unless it's at WrestleMania. Yeah, no. Remember when she beat up Brie Bella at a SummerSlam? Oh, no. 
Yeah. I was at that SummerSlam, actually. All right. So as Stone Cold then comes yeah, in, yeah, he has, wait, he was about to announce the winner, but then Vince. He's like, yeah, he's, Stone Cold's looking. He's walking and stalking. Don't worry, you get going. He huffs and puffs, and Vince says, if I was doing it, I'd have a drum roll. And Stone Cold says, oh, you're a stupid son of a bitch, but that's a good idea. So drum roll. We're literally doing it in does real it, time with the show. Does, <laughs> Here's the thing about wait, this drum is, roll. Wait, was this from the episode? No, this is just a clip oh. that's 53, 53 minutes long. This you don't want to stand Yes. Stone Cold just stand there. The lights dim. And we just got a drum roll going. Did you notice at like, one point... almost is this long. Did you notice at one point the drum roll actually faded out, but then it started playing again? They took so long, they didn't even loop it right. Yeah, no. So we're sitting here. We're waiting. Stone Cold is staring at the finalists. And? Yeah, he picks Andy. Big so, Andy, you win! Some people like to learn! Some, some people, people wait their turn! Yeah, that's how... That, they don't want to hold them by a moment. Tell them pay off. If you want uh, to tell them steal off. Steal off. We'll steal. I remember when they told me well, I wouldn't we'll be, be famous. famous. I'm a dream. Remember, reality is simultaneous. Some people wait their turn. Their turn. Some people don't the, really learn. I don't know, Larry. Gotta be hungry in your tummy. So yeah, Andy won. You wanna know something, listeners? What? I got spoiled on that Andy wins this competition. Oh. So I genuinely was curious, okay, how does he get here? Well, Martin lost because his foot broke. <laughs> and then Luke is weird. And Andy's tall. That's literally how he won. We did not watch any ounce of his wrestling. No. That's why I was going really hard on him two episodes ago where I'm like, bro, this guy kind of sucks in the ring. Yeah. So, but either way, Andy is your winner of season five, Tough Enough. Luke leaves. Stone Cold takes the belt. Stone Cold asks Vince, does he have any words for Andy? And then says, welcome to the WWE. And then he slaps Andy in the face. And Andy drops. And I'm like, well, and, and then Andy pops up. I was like, where well, we're going to see Andy fucking whip Vince's ass? No, because Stone Cold grabs his hand, shakes it. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, congratulations on winning tough enough. And then Stone Cold gives him a stunner. And then as Andy flops out of the ring, he goes, welcome to the WWE, you son of a bitch. This is how Ten we weeks, James. Ten weeks. Ten weeks for that. Ten weeks. And they make their jobber, they make their winner. <laughs> their winner look like a jobber. Yeah. A complete geek, a loser, an idiot, a piece of shit. He gets bitch slapped by the boss. He gets bitch slapped by Vince McMahon. And then he gets stunned out of the building, out of existence. Horse shit. Oh my God. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm like, that was just a burial on Andy. I feel like I got buried. Oh, no, no, no. You're not Andy. Like, I feel like this show, this show almost pretty much ruined Booker T. It made Bill DeMott worse. It made Trish look stupid. It almost, I wouldn't say it almost ruined Steve Austin, but it made Steve Austin look bad. And it made Vince McMahon look like even more of a colossal genetic jackhammer dick. Yep. 
Stone Cold was flexing that he has three divorces. This is a weird yeah, show. Yeah, he flexed it to Jeremiah. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'll be in divorce. I got three. Damn, bro, you guys about to grab a beer or what? This show is stupid. Oh yeah, no. If I was the recap, did you know Chris show. Jericho was going to be the judge on this season, but he decided to pass it up and do Dancing with the Stars? Um, well, we could tell. I could tell you this: uh, he was more successful doing Dancing with the Stars in this show. Oh my god! Uh, like this show did not make Stone Cold any better. No, as you said, it honestly made him worse. Yeah. Uh, it just definitely uh, killed Booker T. Yeah. And then the winner was just where slapped, it happened to him. Slapped. And stunned out of the building. All right. Now then. So where are they now? Okay, so I'm just going to read. I don't start with Andy. Tell us about the loser Luke. Yeah, yeah. What happened to Luke? Well, before Tough Enough, I found out. Luke appeared appeared in videos for a gay erotic wrestling website called Big East. He went under the name Donnie Drake. His work was not sexually explicit, I found. Although it is. wait, Wait, what type of work? It just says he appeared in videos for a gay erotic wrestling website, Big East or BG East. His work was not sexually explicit, although it is theorized because a lot of these guys were offered contracts after WWE. Sorry, after Tough Enough, he was not. And some people theorize it was because of his work with that, because if China taught us anything, for some reason you could do anything, but you do porn and oh, you can't be in the company. Uh, so well, then, if I was to, if if you were to pull up a uh, criminal lineup and have someone to point out on who had worked in a male erotica wrestling uh, fantasy website, uh, I think Luke might might have been picked in May two thousand. He kind of came off that energy. Luke is actually notable. Hey, for, look, he's a straight just going to try to mack on Daddy Riggs. Maybe that's why they were being a little too comfortable with the bro ship. In 2012 of May, the Bellas had their first independent wrestling show in Newburgh, New York at Northeast Wrestling. He was at that show. Wait, 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 wait. The Bella Twins? Mm Mm-hmm. They threw on an indie show? Yeah. Appearing as special guests, Nikki and Brie argued over who was the better man, Luke or Jerry Lawler, which resulted into a match between the two. Yes, Luke got to wrestle Jerry the King Lawler. But to set up that match, we had the Bella Twins being like, argue. I, I didn't look at, I didn't see any video, but I guess, I guess it came down to, hey, do oh I my wa- gosh, look too hot. And one of the other ones was being like, yeah, but Jerry Lawler's a real man. Jerry Lawler's a real man with a great punch and freaking, he has way more charisma. Yeah, but like Luke, come on, check out those abs. That he was on that erotica. Did, did you see him like with his shirt off in FCW? He was almost not flabby, but he was almost as flat. He was just kind of normal. Yeah. So then like, after, yeah, definitely homeboy needed to get jacked. Then December of 2012, Luke Robinson competed for the first time in his home state of Maine since leaving Tough Enough, competing for pro wrestling experience against longtime rival, maybe you'll know this name, Matt Taven. Oh, shit. Matt Taven? Yeah, they're homies. And I guess they wrestled on the indies a lot. Oh, that's cool. Nowadays, he's a fitness guy. He doesn't do wrestling anymore. And I went on his Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that was a smart decision. And I went on his Twitter. He really loves Stranger Things. But it looks like he's happy. He's just sitting there and like, yeah, bro, I love Eddie. The fucking shredding Metallica. I'm sitting there and like, damn, dude, are people actually marking out for the Hesher, bro? Uh, a lot of people. Are, well, all the all the Heshers and Metal guys were pissed at that. Whoa, what? 
What are you talking about? He doesn't look like Nick Nocturnal. This is an appropriate <laughs> representation of metal. Oh my god, he's playing Master of Puppets. There's gonna be so many new normies. You don't need to talk Metallica. Keep him not not. It's not like Metallica wasn't already the most popular metal band in the world anyway. Oh yeah, like they needed any more help with that. So before I get to Andy, there's some interesting things I learned about the show after digging. So back in the day, even though he was booed on the Tough Enough finale here, Luke was a fan favorite among uh, people Luke? who watched. Yeah, Luke was a fan favorite. Uh, I'm gonna assume among like the smarky IWC guys. Um, so was Martin, and so was Ivelisse for some of her indie clout. Oh, yeah. Matt Cross, too. You know, Matt Cross, too, but he wasn't Son of Havoc yet, uh, so he wasn't... Uh, uh, so he Lucha was, Underground wasn't around yet. Yeah. Um, and despite his son elimination from the show, it turned out Matt Cross had no ill will, and apparently he actually uh, kept in touch with Stone Cold. But that does lead us to some uh, interesting... That's sick. Yeah. How did they become friends? That's an interesting story. <laughs> it is. So... <clears throat> I went to, I consulted TV Tropes, and speaking of Matt Cross. So are we still on Luke, or now? No, no, well, well we're, 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 no, we're done with Luke, and I'm setting all this backstage stuff to get to Andy. So, on the Matt Cross thing, I learned, in the deleted scene things, the first episode, Matt bumped into CM Punk backstage. They were homies from their years on the Indies together, but that was cut. Also, there was originally a part in the show, uh, orig- apparently... Matt set himself on fire while he was in the house. The Tough Enough house. Okay. And Trish Stratus took the contestants for a yoga practice, apparently, but that got cut. Luke struggled with it yeah, while I don't Christina know. was a standout. That's why Trish and Christina were pra- were doing their yoga bits in the opening of that one episode. Hey, you're like the one that actually can do this yoga thing. <laughs> now for hostility on the set. Remember Michelle? Oh, God. She didn't endear herself to the contestants because she revealed that she had auditioned for like four other reality shows before Tough Enough. She did legitimately. Really? Re- I didn't notice that. She did legitimately wrestle years ago, but the idea was it felt like she was only interested in mainstream exposure rather than wrestling. Fuck, really? I couldn't notice that. There was legitimate heat, and this is why I wanted to set this up, between Luke and Andy. Luke resented that Andy was open about wrestling being his backup plan. Because he preferred a uh, be uh, as opposed to uh, he would prefer a football career. Oh, okay. Luke also claims that the show used manipulative editing to make Andy appear to be a nice guy, hiding his homophobia and rudeness towards the other contestants. Oh, well, he did come off rude to the other contestants. There's other things. Well, obviously, we don't need to hear him uh, saying homophobic slurs. Yeah. There is other things, too, here. But it sounds like Luke's just trying to bury uh, Andy because he lost. There is some other things I took down on Amateur Instant, just how uh, uh, there's a base-breaking character, which means people are divided on, like, you know, p- uh, how people, you know, because, uh, like, with Andy, you know, he wasn't a favorite, like, Martin and Jeremiah. Oh, who, were, a- who were the two fan favorites, Martin and Jeremiah? Well, fucking Daddy Riggs. Yeah. Fucking Big Rig. Dude, he was awesome on Daisy of Love. And, they just and feel- then he got Martin, who became Marty the Moth, which is a, a pretty solid character in Lucha Underground. And let's be honest. Like, yeah, Martin was a little cringy in the beginning, but... Yeah. He got I'm better Martin as a, now. I'm Martin now. Because let's be honest, Andy won because he's tall. Oh, I totally forgot that fucking Martin had a terrible chin beard when he came out in the losers like losers stretch. Yeah, but he's cool, so I didn't I didn't want to roast him on it. I, like Martin became cool because he let his let his body go. <sighs> Christina also I noticed um 
the reason why people didn't like her mostly was because of the preferential treatment, whereas Ivalice was told to suck it up, but Christina wasn't told that at all. Oh, fuck. Yeah, like that. Yeah, no, that wouldn't piss anyone off. And then there's the whole uh, creator's pet thing, uh, how Andy, but this is interesting. Remember how from the first episode, one of the most legendary moments from the show was when Stone Cold roasts um, <clears throat> Ariane or whatever for saying one of her favorite matches was between Melina. Oh, and God. Dude, that's, yeah, one of the most, dude, that's Malina, like the thing that's staying the test of time. Melina said, of in an all the show, no one gives a fuck. Unless you actually watched the show, the thing that actually transcends the show was that moment. So that scene actually drew a lot of controversy because it came off like Stone Cold was burying Melina and Alicia Fox. And on top of that, oh, Melina on. apparently got harassed by it by fans uh, quoting that show to the point to where Stone Cold had to publicly apologize because be, for the <laughs> implied disrespect towards the women. <laughs> I can see you don't feel sympathy for Melina and Alicia Fox. I can tell you this there. Eminem was a great tag team, James. Yeah, and then do you know what Melina did there? Well, yeah. Yeah. But I'm just know. saying, like, I can't say Melina and Alicia Fox were lighting the world on fire with their wrestling. If I was to be honest and critical, I'm not going to say, like, yeah, they were awesome wrestlers. I think they were doing some other stuff. And and that and that's and that's pretty much mostly it. The only other thing was um there's a uh, harsher in hindsight area, but it's mostly just stuff on uh, Bill DeMott. But the interesting what was the shit. What, 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 what's going on with a huge erection? As well, a his drill fat fart. Well, well, his drill sergeant bit was it was mostly played for comedy. But, well, to quote TV tropes to the letter. Bill DeMott's training from hell shtick, namely the penchant for pushing guys extra harsh, disrespecting the trainees via derisive nicknames, etc., until they earn his respect, is definitely viewed as this in light of the allegations surrounding his former role as head trainer of NXT, which suggests that his tough enough persona was him turned down. Also notable is the one part in, in the earlier episodes of season five where he splashed Ivelisse in the corner. Special attention is drawn to how painful it was to her. In 2015, Ivelisse came out and said that while she was in developmental, she was, <coughs> excuse me, uh, she was released for basically uh, a comp, like they tried to say it was like bad attitude or whatever, but she had, but the real reason that she believes and other people believe is because she had placed a actual complaint about Bill DeMont to talent relations and HR. And she feels like that's why she was let go. And then, <clears throat> and then there's uh, Christina. Uh, De- uh, when the allegations against DeMott surfaced, the report said something about the release of at least two divas who went unnamed. Ivelisse is pretty much guaranteed the first one, but no reason. But they were released at around the same time. No other information was given for Christina's release other than something vague about not a good work ethic. But if you remember, I told you people who saw her in SCW said she did eventually improve. Yeah, she then eventually approved. She wasn't too charismatic as the show yeah. represented. But here's the thing: uh, this is getting we're getting spicy here. But Continue the, on. But but it gets muddy because Christina was was the FCW Divas Champion when she was released. Damn, and she just made her debut in NXT. <sighs> What makes this especially harsh is that she was clearly one of DeMott's preferred contestants on the show. To this day, she's never spoken about the release. Um, and then the last thing on Bill DeMott... What, she on fucking an NDA with fucking the genetic jackhammer too? Oh, 
I she wouldn't all, be fucking surprised. Is she on that hush pack money? The last thing about the Bill DeMott thing was, remember how in episode three, I think, or maybe it was four, he, uh, he had the late nine practicing sessions with Rima. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Where Bill is dismissive towards Rima's attempts to get better. After the show wrapped. Really? He was kind of just doing a thing. Rima revealed she had been nursing a broken rib at the time. Is that why she couldn't roll? I fucking probably. Because obviously, if you're going to roll, you're going to roll and have your back make contact. So that's going to suck. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I apologize for criticizing her earlier in this, like, earlier in earlier episodes of me going, yeah, you want to know why they kicked her out? She could not do a front roll. And I don't know if that's true, but that sounds right. There's also, though, you could put blame on. The show did not bring that up. Of course they didn't. Why would Why they? Not? It would make they can't make Bill look bad. They can't bury Bill. Oh, but he, he doesn't need a bit. No, like the show doesn't need to bury Bill. Bill buries himself. So with all that context, back to Andy, who I found out is the cousin of Dan Spivey. Oh fuck, who's Dan Spivey again? Ah, uh, I he's. Uh, uh, I'll tell you about him later, but I know for sure we know who he is because I could barely remember him too. I tried to go on his link on uh, ProWrestling.com. I can look up Dan Spivey. You continue sure. on. So There's two of us and so we after, have computers as phones. So as a after a year in FCW, he was let go for bad attitude and no improvement. <laughs> I can believe that. And in the last two years of his wrestling career, he wrestled in World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico. Huh. All right, then. As for the judges, Booker T, who runs his own wrestling promotion in Texas, would get inducted into the Hall of Fame okay, twice. So Dan Spivey. Oh, my God. Dan, Dan Spivey was Waylon Mercy. There he is. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's all I know of Dan Spivey. Yeah, I yeah. can look him up more, but literally it just comes up as... So, yeah, he was Waylon Mercy in the fucking new generation era of WWF. Yep. Dan, That's his cousin. Alicia Fox's cousin was on here. Yep. Matt Cross was homies with CM Punk. But oh, we can't show that. No, God forbid. No, we can't show. We can't show them having personalities, and we can't sure. We sure as shit can't show them wrestling. See, yeah, I know. And yeah, Booker T. Who again? Ducks- Andy was like, yeah, he was released in a year. He didn't improve. And then it's for Booker like, T. Oof. Like I said, he runs his own promotion in Texas. Well, I know that. Got that's inducted where, that, into the Hall of Fame twice. Yeah, that's where Roxy came from, the Roxanne Perez. So yeah. that's been a success story of Booker, Booker's uh, school. Also, Sammy Guevara. Yes. Sammy Guevara right. came out of Booker's school, too. And Booker actually had like a match recently there. So good for yeah. him. Trish will become a full-time mom and get in the Hall of Fame with sp- sporadic returns now and then for like yeah, a Yeah, we know that. And as for Uncle Bill... Well, he lost his job. He still denies the allegations to this day. And he was on that AJ guy's podcast once, and I never watched that interview, but he was on it. He's gotten a little fatter, but not much. Oh, he's got, oh, he put on a little weight. And for Stone Cold, well, some say if you listen closely, you can hear in the wind glass breaking and a big Texan man laughing at someone's clothes to this day. Some some say he travels the countryside stomping mud holes, but the real hole is in our heart, because even though he was a real douchebag in episode nine, oh god, yeah, he was the only reason I wanted to watch this show. And you know what? He was like the best part of this show. Oh, definitely, he was definitely the best part. 
Except in the end when he like killed Andy, and I'm just like, wow. Uh, Did that ruin Stone Cold for you? Because I really no, hope no, not. no, 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 no. Because <laughs> trust me, I was I was kind of hating him too for a bit. I won't lie. No, no, the show did not ruin Stone Cold for me. Like I knew he's kind of a piece of shit. Let's be honest. Historically, Stone Cold Steve Austin is a piece of shit. Uh, are you talking like as a person or as character? As a person. Oh, yeah. You gotta remember, he's beaten his wives. Yeah. He is a woman abuser in past tense. Yeah. Those divorces, I have a feeling. I would like to hope the fact that he does have a relationship with his daughters is proof that he's men in his ways. Plus, you know, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but, you know, there was probably drugs going around, drinking, so. There's a, we, that didn't me, help. There was a lot with Stone Cold to love, but believe me, there's a lot of Stone Cold that you can hate and we cannot, like, turn an eye to. That's why I've never wanted to really learn more about Mark Calloway. Yeah, because I look at that guy and I'm like, you know, you probably have done some stuff and probably believe a lot of things that I wouldn't vibe with. Now, except that he was a good interview, except he was a good good interview on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, which I never would listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, but. Bro, he had fucking Undertaker. And it's funny because like, it's funny because he's trying to like totally suck up to Taker and be nice to him, but he's always shit talked re- pro wrestling on his show. So it was it Yeah, was, but Taker's funny. also telling him like how fucking sketched the fucking backstage is. Oh yeah. And he's like, Oh damn, really? Oh damn. Yo, did you do DMT, bro? <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah, that's cool. But have you ever done DMT? I do think there is more to love about Stone Cold and hate him because, bro, believe me, there's the a whole lot. reason why we're here is because we were marking the fuck out watching him fight Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Yep. As I said, um, the show's definitely worth checking out for Stone Cold. But now then, discussion is what to fucking watch next. I was hoping you'd have an idea. Because we've got, we know what we're going to do for the 100 episode. No oh. spoilers, everybody. Oh, no spoilers for but episode we, 100. We need, to, we need to figure out what the hell we're going to do for five more episodes. Oh, my God. Five more episodes. So, we can either just do random offshoots or we could do a seasonal journey. Because part of me kind of wants to check out the next season of Tough Enough. How many episodes the, is that? Um, I would have to look that up. So, well, give I'll me, look it up. You, you talk. For me, well, I'm thinking it'd be interesting. We came off this. I'm kind of curious now going into the next season because obviously that was way later and that's the season with the ZZ. And the host is Chris Jericho being a game show host, but also the judges trainers is Daniel Bryan, Hulk Hogan, and Paige and her boobs. That's I literally put it on the first episode. The one went, thing I remember about that season, I didn't watch it, but uh, I do know at one point Paige calls someone a ring rat and Mick Foley was very angry about that on his blog. Damn. <laughs> so part of me kind of wants to watch that and then see how long it takes for us to go like, yeah, so there's no Stone Cold low key fuck this show because we don't have Stone Cold's coming to Jesus moments because out of anything out of this season, it's tough enough. It's just great watching Stone Cold eviscerate people. Yeah. Except Andy. It got a little hard. But if there's one thing, Stone Cold has a great wit. So there's that. Or we can watch a movie. Has there been any movies on your list that you feel curious on reviewing? Also, season the next season of Tough Enough is another 10. So we would have to just take a break for the 100th episode. Oh, yeah. That's a 100th episode, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the super special. Okay. Um, now, now, is there a movie that you feel like you wanted to watch? <clears throat> this is how we could chill. There's no notes. It's just you and me. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. Cause like, here's the thing. 
after Black Rage, I'm really scared because I had like a list of bad movies I wanted to try to watch for the podcast. But after that one turned out to be such a fucking bust, I'm like, I need to reevaluate this list. I don't even have it anymore. <laughs> no, there's a list. Is there a documentary? What is something that's on your mind that you're curious of watching? I've always been curious about. Do you remember we'd go to Cheap Thrills and we'd see that big giant like D. Snyder documentary? I think I don't think I really saw. I don't think I really paid attention to a D. Snyder documentary. Let me see here, because because if I can, because because if I can show you the picture, it's you. I feel like you'll recognize. Now here's the thing. I'm also on a documentary kick too, and I almost want to do more wrestling. And you know what? I'm kind of curious. I'd wrestling all- with shadows yes let's fucking do it just down easy decision because here's the thing, i can talk about wrestling all the time but i know because but have you because- watched that documentary no i've only really you, seen- oh my god no no straight so- up i haven't i've only re- i've only ever seen that one scene that's on youtube where it's like where brett looks at sean and locker and he's like what the hell was that he's like i don't know I've got no fucking idea. What is that? I, 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 I honest to God, I don't know. He's like, and then you got Brett going like, he's just bullshit. He's crying in front of me. And like, I know it's total bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Because I can talk about wrestling all the time, but I know because from the beginning but of this never, podcast, you thing, always you never tell me, you always tell, you always told me from the beginning, bro, I don't want to be another wrestling podcast. I think all the music stuff we do helps break that up. It does but, help because trust me, I could review. That's why I had no problem trying to considering committing well, to doing the, the Monday There's Night Wars. So many fucking fucking wrestling podcasts that yeah. reviews the same wrestling shows. This and is a lot why of them I, say the same stuff, and I'm just like, fuck, dude. I would rather just do more document like documentaries or do these random offshoot reality shows, yeah, or weird shows that I don't think people are actually doing coverage on. Like, I would be down for a Lucha Underground, yeah, but. We're kind of on our road to episode 100. We've had a pretty awesome uh, second birthday as the show. Yee. Hopefully we get another third birthday going. I suspect so. I have no desire of ending this podcast soon. No. It is just my usual thing, and I enjoy talking if to Liquid Death can spo- people. Uh, the first step one, have Liquid Death sponsor us. Yeah, step two. Liquid Death, get me, my fu- get me that Liquid Death mini fridge and just like a fucking month supply, like a month, a constant month fucking feet of like step two water make money on like, the podcast step three question mark step four profit sell t-shirts yeah yeah step four profit step four profit <laughs> step five quit our day jobs that'd be so trill that would be awesome wouldn't that be great but maybe maybe for year five that'd be a great long time all right so next week wrestling with shadows all yeah. right everyone this was the triple d radio show with boys James and Edward, I hope you all have a good one. Adios. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to us at the Triple D Radio Show. You.